This podcast is brought to you by the Village of Bedford Park, your home for business. Over 450 businesses strong and growing with a safe, reliable Lake Michigan water supply. Visit VOBPBiz.com and bring your business home to the Village of Bedford Park. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Now, the WBBM Noon Business Hour. WBBM News Time 1203. It's great to have you with us for the Thursday edition of the Noon Business Hour. I'm Cisco Cotto. The Noon Business Hour is presented by Republic Bank of Chicago. More regulators going after big tech. It is technology Thursday. People are buying a lot of things online. Now, from start to finish, they're buying brand new homes, newly built. Also, the latest on the roller coaster with crypto. All of that and more on today's Noon Business Hour. Right now, though, President Biden says a bipartisan infrastructure deal has been reached. Also, the latest orders on durable goods out today. Andrew Bush is here, former chief markets intelligence officer at the Commodity Futures Trading Commission. He's an economist found online at andrewbush.com. Andy, as best I can tell, we don't have any details yet other than the president saying there is an infrastructure deal. Yeah, that's the funny thing about this. But it's a great step. He wouldn't have said that unless they had something in hand. Um, the numbers that I'm seeing it, it range from you know 600 billion to 1.2 trillion. I'm pretty sure it's going to be above a trillion dollars over eight years, and that's the key. So um, it's a bipartisan deal. Uh, so for, from what we can tell, and that's great. But here's the interesting thing, Cisco, is that it's not going to change. Um, the Democrats push for the social infrastructure uh, that they want uh, and the spending on that. And that's over two trillion dollars. So two tracks for two different bills. Uh, that's what's sort of interesting on this is you get this bipartisan group of senators. Now the White House says they're on board. Uh, but there is the political aspect of this. And you have progressive senators and, and certainly progressives in the House who don't like the fact that everything isn't in this one bill. And I'm just wondering if that could place it in jeopardy. Well, the margins are really thin, right? I mean, of the House is really volatile. We'll see what they say about this. They're disappointed at the size of it. They wanted more. Um, and on the Senate side, I think they're all on board or will be shortly to get it done. Point fingers at the Democrats in the House, most likely, as being the cause for that. So I don't think that's going to happen. As you mentioned earlier, they, they will get another crack at uh, what we're, we're all learning more about reconciliation, where you, the <laughs> filibuster doesn't come into play. Uh, there will be another right. opportunity down the line for them to use that maybe to get some of these other priorities done. Yeah, and that's that's where the 50 votes in the Senate comes into play, because they will put forward a lot more spending for the social infrastructure. And that includes a wide range of health care, child care, um, environmental spending. So um, we know that House Democrats will be happy with that. It's a question of whether or not the more moderate Repub- or Democrats in the Senate, like Senator Joe Manchin from West Virginia or Kristen Sinema from Arizona, will go along with that. So it's fascinating, isn't it? <laughs> in the two different uh, parts of Congress, we have the progressives arguing that it's not enough. And then eventually you'll have the Senate Democrats saying it's too much. So it's just amazing.
Thanks so much, Andrew Bush. He's former Chief Markets Intelligence Officer at the Commodity Futures Trading Commission. You can find him online at andrewbush.com. Just ahead, a major restaurant group reports they are basically back to pre-pandemic levels in sales. Your daily transaction for useful information. The WBBM Noon Business Hour continues. Darden owns Olive Garden and other restaurants reporting fiscal fourth quarter same-store sales that are nearly back to 2019 levels. Let's take a closer look with Nick Raish, CEO of the Earnings Scout. You can find him online at earningsscout.com. Nick, what are we hearing from Darden? Oh, pretty good news out of Darden and some other S&P 500 companies that have reported that, you know, the reopenings are going well. Um, COVID-19 fears uh, look like they're in a rearview mirror. And getting back to pre-pandemic levels is some of the expectations Darden provided uh, in its outlook. And it's uh, been positive for the stock today. For investors, I mean, can, can they assume that this will just continue and grow now that reopening is well underway? Yeah, that's the great question is where we go from here. Yeah, I think what we're going to see is as long as the economic expectations keep getting better and Darden's business keeps getting better, and when we look at where we've come from, how couldn't it get better from from closures last year? So the growth rates that we're seeing in this second quarter earnings period that's coming up are going to be phenomenal, uh, not just for Darden, but for uh, many other S&P 500 companies. But the, the real key is as long as the reopenings go well and the expectations keep getting better, that we could see the economy doing well uh, a lot longer than what the street's currently anticipating. Yeah, where they might actually, I mean, we're going to make it to the point where they're not just at pre-pandemic levels, but they're showing growth from pre-pandemic levels. Even even better. Yes, there was a lot of pent-up demand. There was a lot of stimulus uh, that can be used. Um, so that, that could very well be the case. The one thing we're seeing, not just with Darden, but in overall S&P 500 earnings estimates this year for the second half of this year, the first half of next year, almost on a daily basis in 2021, we've seen those go up. Uh, again, almost daily, the, the expectations inching higher. Uh, and that's a, a big reason why uh, stocks are right at all-time highs. When it comes to uh, to Darden, they have, let's see, Longhorn Steakhouse, Bahama Breeze. Uh, for the most part, they're, they're kind of those middle-range restaurants. Does that better position them for growth in the reopening or, or you know, in the wider uh, sector? Are, are we seeing growth at all levels, both the small-dollar, high-dollar, and mid-dollar restaurants? It is we reopen back up, a rising tide will lift all boats. So the economic uh, activity will be uh, strong for many businesses. The key for many of these businesses will be, will they be able to hire the staff to handle the demand um, as there could be labor shortages? That's, that's going to be the real key for companies going forward. That could cause a little bit of a hiccup, but uh, we think that'll be worked out and the demand is going to be strong and earnings expectations are going to be very strong through second quarter earnings season here. And we're off to a great start and think that's going to persist well into the second half of this year. What's your recommendation for the stock? For the stock, though, we've been on the sidelines. We, we were in Darden. Uh, the estimate trends were weakening for going into this earnings release. Uh, obviously, that changes with the, the, the upward guidance today. Uh, we like many reopening plays. Darden would be one of them, but that wouldn't be the first choice that we'd have.
Thanks so much. That's Nick Rach, CEO of the Earnings Scout. Find him online at earningsscout.com. Just ahead, the battle between big tech and government regulators is intensifying. Making sense of your dollars. The WBBM Noon Business Hour continues. A House committee is moving forward with sweeping legislation meant to rein in big tech companies such as Google and Facebook. Joining us on the McGrath Lexus Business Line, Gary Kaltbaum, president of Kaltbaum Capital Management. You can find them online at GaryK.com. Uh, Gary, do we have an idea of maybe some of the regulations that they're talking about implementing? Uh, not yet. Uh, you know, they keep talking about breaking up, moving uh, pieces around on the chessboard. Uh, what always ends up happening, and this is throughout a very long time, is they end up paying big fines or small fines or medium fines, and they move uh, forward. I still remember Intel years ago, Microsoft years ago, and all I know is they all ended up bigger and stronger and better throughout the years. So for me, it's been a lot of political uh, grandstanding. Uh, but when all said and done, these companies pay a lot of money to lobbyists that you know fund politicians, and it's uh, it's one of one of these little vicious cycles that. Uh, we continue on because they hate big companies for whatever reason. Are we seeing that this is any more bipartisan? And, and I'm wondering if so, if that might increase the chances of something actually happening. Well, good question, because what you have now with one side, the question of bias is out there. So they are very the Republicans who have never really been for breaking up these companies all of a sudden are because they deem there's bias out there. Uh, and the other side believes they're just very unfair. So maybe that could be something that moves going forward. But I, I would have to repeat, when all is said and done, and I hate to say this, money talks, and these companies have a lot of money. That's very true. Thanks so much, Gary Kaltbaum, president of Kaltbaum Capital Management. Still ahead, more on Technology Thursday. Choosing, designing, buying a home, doing all of it virtually. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for well-qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. This is Chicago's all-news station. News Radio 780 and 105.9 FM. The WBBM Noon Business Hour continues. Good afternoon. Thanks for joining us. I'm Cisco Cotto. These are the top stories on News Radio WBBM. Search crews look for more victims of a condo building collapse in Florida. A special report from CBS News is next. It's Technology Thursday. A Silicon Valley venture capital firm has announced a new cryptocurrency focused fund while it's getting easier to mine Bitcoin. Also on the tech beat, you can now design a home and place it in an online shopping cart and buy. 
buy it all from the comfort of wherever you live now. On Wall Street, the Dow up 316. NASDAQ is up 91. And the S&P is up 24 points. Oil is flat today. Has some rain moving through the southern suburbs. We're all going to get a little rain right now. 76 degrees. CBS News Special Report. Florida Power and Light says it has de-energized its equipment in the area where that condo came crashing down this morning. 51 people are unaccounted for after the partial building collapsed in Surfside near Miami Beach. Assistant Fire Chief for Miami-Dade County, Ray Jadalda. 35 were pulled out from the structure and part of the uh, collapse, but not from the rubble. And two were pulled from the rubble. County Mayor Danielle Levine-Cava. This is the incredible, unimaginable situation that none of us could have predicted, but we have the right people on the job. Governor Ron DeSantis has just spoken at a news conference near the scene. TV doesn't do it justice. I mean, it is really, really uh, traumatic to see uh, the collapse of, of a massive structure like that. There is so far just one death confirmed. Images from that scene show things like air conditioning units, carpets and towels dangling from the building. CBS News Special Report. I'm Matt Piper. A deposit for your future. The WBBM Noon Business Hour continues. The Noon Business Hour is presented by Republic Bank of Chicago. Markets are gaining ground. The Dow up 318, NASDAQ up 92, and the S&P up 24 points. Let's see what's going on. Steve Esposito is here. He's Executive Director of Morgan Stanley Wealth Management in Lake Forest. Steve, what do you make of what you're seeing on Wall Street today? Oh, hello, Cisco. I'm enjoying it. It's looking pretty good to me, and I'm really quite excited about uh, the way it's acting, and I think the next six months should be pretty good. Noticing that after the White House announced they have an infrastructure bill, uh, you saw a little movement to the upside, but no significant movement either way. I mean, is Wall Street just sort of expecting that something's going to get done on that, so it's already baked in? Well, you know, gridlock is one thing. It's another thing when uh, you're just not getting along at all. And this was a good sign going forward that they can work together. I think the number was a good number. It wasn't too big, wasn't too small. It could be just right, assuming it still gets approved. But generally speaking, again, it's more more economic stimulus coming forward. Combine that with the fact that we had to sell off recently, which I think was a buying opportunity. And I still think the cyclical side of the economy is going to do much better than expected, even the Fed's own words. So I think I'm, I'm pretty excited about the overall um, cyclical side of the economy in the market and those type of companies to begin with. And is it looking as though the inflation worries, I mean, uh, some including the Fed said, oh, it's transitory, it'll be here for a little while, then it'll be fine. Is it starting to look like Wall Street is believing that's true? I, I think so, and I agree with it, actually. I don't believe there's a structural inflation problem. I've been hearing about this since the 1970s. I've been doing this almost 40 years, and we don't get any sustainable um, Inflation, and I don't think that's going to happen again. I think it's it's there's supply chain issues which will be corrected. There are issues with employment that will be corrected. Everything works itself out, and by September, I think you can see uh, some real engine power behind the economy. And, and remember, you probably see Europe open by then, which is substantial uh, in the overall global economy. So I think the future looks pretty bright, barring anything we can't foresee out there in the future. Um, but generally speaking, I think the trend is in the right direction. Have we seen, I mean, at least as far as uh, initial bumps, have we seen about all we can expect out of some of those reopening stocks, some of the retail, some of the travel, that sort of thing, uh, where now they are where they are and they'll only grow as those companies grow? I think that's, I think 
Somewhat true. I think there's some real good, still good values out there in a cyclical world. A lot of these companies, remember, are not part of any index. Um, there are thousands of companies out in the market that aren't part of any index. And as a result of that, um, they kind of get overlooked. So I would cherry pick within the uh, uh, the consumer discretionary, the travel area, the financials, uh, the automobiles, all of that. I think we're going back to a stock pickers market which we haven't seen because of the uh, this obsession with indexes. And I, and those ones that nobody sees on the radar screen, the ones you want to look at, because that's where the cheap stocks are. And you could still find a lot of low-priced earnings multiples. Um, and I'll say it, I've said this in the past on the show, I think the earnings expectations uh, for later this year are just too low in most of the cyclicals. And the Fed just keeps coming out and saying, we're doing better than we expect, we're doing better than we expect. And I think they're correct. And I think they might be even better come Q4 than most people believe. In the end, I mean, what you're talking about is uh, you know, sort of investing 101 that we've believed to be sort of the standard over decade after decade after decade. And yet you have this segment of the investing population that wants those big wins. That's why they're playing around with crypto. That's why they're willing to play around with, with some of these other high growth stocks. Uh, in the end, what do you do? Do you do maybe a little of one, but also remember the other? What do you do? It depends on what side. I'm, I'm primarily wealth management. We handle portfolios. We deploy capital prudently. Uh, we don't try to play in some of those more speculative uh, meme stocks in any way, shape, or form. I'm more along the lines of looking for the companies like we're talking about, companies that have good values. I'm paying a, a low-priced earnings multiple where I can get dividends. That's wonderful. And looking at the economy, the macro and the micro, and investing the money accordingly. The speculation side is fine. That's just not something that I do, uh, and I think it's very dangerous right now. There's a lot of people out there, as I've said with clients, and they're not doing their homework. They're just getting what's hot, buying what makes the headlines, and that's fine. But I don't believe that's investing. That's, I think it's more along the lines of gambling, and that's not what I do. So I think enough money is to be made, and it's been, it's been great uh, investing, investing money in companies that are pretty cheap and honestly are still cheap. I think there's a lot more room to go in many of these companies. Thanks so much for all the advice. That is Steve Esposito, Executive Director at Morgan Stanley Wealth Management in Lake Forest. Just ahead, Technology Thursday, an introduction to virtual home design and purchase, basically buying a brand new home from your phone. You're listening to the WBBM Noon Business Hour. It's Technology Thursday. Home buyers can now put together their dream house online. Joining us on the McGrath Lexus Business Line, Brian Wickert, president and owner at Acunet Mortgage, based in Waukesha, Wisconsin, a proud sponsor here on WBBM. Uh, Brian, I mean, basically, we're talking about people just getting on their phone, designing, and then buying their house, and then the builder gets started on it. You know, I don't think I do it on my phone because I actually have some particular experience uh, with this product. And actually, one of the builders that's offering this, I own one of their homes. I just bought it uh, back in uh, August of last year. I'm thinking of building a new one. So I am like the prime candidate to possibly do this. I would definitely want to do it at least on my iPad so I wouldn't go blind. Yeah, right. Exactly. There's a lot of detail there, right? Uh, <laughs> Absolutely. And, and you know, and having uh, played around on this particular builder's website, I did actually design a house using their online software. You know, making different choices, not nearly as granular uh, as what they're now talking. Right. I didn't pick out what kind of cabinets and what kind of grade of you know kitchen countertop that we wanted. But I got enough, you know, customization for the floor plan. It would have been nice to see what the pricing of that was. And that's what they're talking about adding is as just like building a car in line. As you're picking all these different options, it's then going to show you how much each of those options costs, which I think is slick. And is this, I mean, I'm thinking about when it comes to, to buying a car, 
there's a lot of times that even with all the benefits that a salesperson can give you, you know, details and that sort of thing, sometimes people like here going on Sunday, just looking around and, and kind of doing it on their own. Is that what online shopping for homes does as well? You, you get to play around with all of those options all on your own. Yeah, but you know, I, that's a really good point, Cisco, because I was thinking about this relative to mortgages, too. There is value from that expert, you know, the, the salesperson at the construction company or the loan consultant at the mortgage company. They know things about these different layouts when it comes to houses. We know things that home, uh, you know, find borrowers would never think of on their own. So I, I was glad to read in this article that talked about this. There's still some salesperson interaction. One other thing, though, that I thought of as we were getting ready to talk about this is you're missing out on the ability to negotiate. This is great for the builders, right? Because you're just going to pick your options and then you're going to think that's the price. Well, when the market gets back to normal, like when we bought our house, we used a real estate agent uh, down in Florida. We got it for 25 less than what they were asking. So let's not forget about how great this is for the builders because people are just going to put it in their shopping cart with no dickering. Yeah, it puts you in a situation where once you see that price, it's a little awkward to then go, okay, I, I've picked out all my options now. Can we talk about lowering the price on these options? Yeah. Right, right. And that's, and that's you know, something people have to think about. So I think it's a useful tool, whether you actually go through with it and click, because this is what I read in the article, you can actually sign the contract. Personally, I don't think I would go that far. I might go through and get all the prices and stuff, but then I'd probably go and still see the house and touch it and look at the cabinets and all that stuff before I signed on the dotted line. That's my take. Yeah, it just shows you, um, I mean, I, I guess the technology, obviously it's impacting everything. But from this standpoint, for some people, let's say you're here and you want to build in Florida or Texas or California and you don't want to fly back and forth, I, I guess this does give you an option in order to get something done. I, I wish that they had this when we were um, buying our house. And I'm going to go back to the website because I'm thinking about building another one. And, you know, we had to go into the salesperson's office and spend an hour or an hour and a half you know, going through all these things with the salesperson. Now, I didn't mind because she was able to give us some really good feedback on various details. But it would be a nice tool. I, I think it's a great development. Thanks so much, Brian Wickert, president and owner at Acunet Mortgage. That's Technology Thursday. This time tomorrow, Entrepreneur Friday. Still to come, getting easier for you to mine Bitcoin. Loaning useful information each weekday. The WBBM Noon Business Hour continues. A few developing stories in cryptocurrency today. Let's get the latest from Bill Uliveri, owner of Seneca Capital Management in Glenview. You can find him online, SenecaCapital.com slash digital gold. Uh, Bill, let's begin with what China is doing, kind of a crackdown on crypto. Yes, Cisco, I, I literally cannot think of a more bullish case for Bitcoin and other digital assets than I do right now as we speak. So more than 90% of China's Bitcoin um, mining capacity, in other words, the computational power that's directed to secure the network, is basically shut down, right? And so what that does is it makes Bitcoin mining ridiculously profitable for anybody who's not in China mining Bitcoin. Because Bitcoin has a self-adjusting algorithm. So the fewer numbers of miners in China still get to share the same rewards. And so those rewards of around 900 Bitcoins a day are not going to China. They're primarily coming here to the United States because most of the mining outside of China is done here. All right, so the Bitcoin price recently, you know, we saw like a 45% drop because it's halting, China's halting mining. That's like the United States making it illegal to grow corn or lumber. Like what happens to the price of a commodity 
when the supply, I'm sorry, when the demand is increasing, but the supply chain is shocked. We've seen that in the last year, year and a half with our own supply chain and prices going up 10, 20, 30, 40%. Third, El Salvador just made Bitcoin legal tender by a supermajority of its Congress. And the president of El Salvador thinks that other Central American countries like Honduras, Nicaragua, Costa Rica, Panama are probably going to do the same. And then fourthly, the uh, Silicon Valley uh, hedge fund, the firm Anderson Horowitz, they are just launching a, a $2.2 billion cryptocurrency fund. So from my perspective, there's probably not that much meat on the bone with you know, Google, Amazon, Apple, you know, these Silicon Valley companies that launched and went crazy you know, 20 years ago. But there is a lot of meat on the bone and a lot of future potential in what is the next new thing. Uh, and, and so I'm, I'm just going out of my mind at how, how bullish uh, scenario there is for Bitcoin today. Yeah, I mean, it really makes it seem as though for the people who are still really skittish about Bitcoin, maybe they need, whether it's mining or otherwise, maybe they need to at least start dabbling in it. Well, this is a great opportunity. I mean, you know, we saw this drop in Bitcoin, and this is what happens when there's not a central bank uh, being the, the buyer of last resort or these plunge, uh, plunge pool protection things where the Federal Reserve injects money into the economy and into the stock market when things go bad. So we want to see crazy highs, crazy lows. It gives traders and investors an opportunity to stop chasing assets like we see in the S&P 500 and other indexes. So you know, Warren Buffett would say, hey, when Mr. Market shows up and the market gets scared, that's when you want to be buying. Don't run away from this. And, and so my perspective is that if digital assets and Bitcoin are the new future of investing, which I believe it is, you have to be running toward this and not a running away from it. Thanks so much for all the info. Bill Uliveri, owner of Seneca Capital Management. We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. 